0: This is the Lightning Junkies podcast with your host, Chaz. On this week's episode of the podcast, we have Jack Everett. We're talking Lightning Gaming, Bitcoin Bounce, and his company, Thunder Games. Before we jump into the show, I wanted to note a couple things. First off, we have yet another website redesigned that I actually like a lot better. It's showing where our focus is going to go with signing people up to be Lightning Junkies themselves. I still don't have a good name for this. I've been thinking about Lightning Cult Member, but that obviously sounds kind of terrible. That's something to think about. Beyond that, we also have released the Lightning Junkies store, store.lightningjunkies Junkies.net, where you can pick up a hat, pick up a shirt, pick up a hoodie, or pick up some stickers. The stickers are pretty cheap right now, so go ahead and grab those. Test out the store. Of course, it accepts Bitcoin and Lightning, and if you also want to give us your dirty fiat, we'll accept your dirty fiat as well and quickly convert it to Sats. If there are any Lightning Junkie super fans out there that would like to test out our membership function, don't hesitate to contact us on our Twitter or contact us at bolty at lightningjunkies.net we will have monthly and annual memberships right now the tentative price is ten dollars per month and hundred dollars per year we hope to start increasing our educational value start increasing our value in relation to helping to find and onboard different developers to working on lightning network and things of that nature we hope to really be a value to the lightning network community going forward more than we already are okay i think that's enough of chaz talking for now let's go ahead and jump into this episode the Lightning Junkies podcast. How are you doing today, Jack? Good, thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm really glad to get you on the show here. I think where most of my audience might know you from is the mobile game Bitcoin Bounce, is that right? Yeah, that's it. Bitcoin Bounce. Perfect. Before we jump into all of that, I just wanted to get some background on you here. Before you got into Bitcoin, before you started getting into developing this Lightning Network game, what were you doing? What was your background there?
1: my background was in film special effects software when i got out of university i joined a startup and it was around the time of youtube just beginning we started creating special effects software that could make amateur films look way better than they were. So you could add cool things like lightsabers or explosions or lightning bolts to your movies and then upload them to YouTube. After that, I started my own games company. Uh, When the App Store first came around, it was this new thing. So I sort of jumped on board with that and started making games in about 2009 for the App Store and then later on for Google Play, And I've basically been making games and apps for the past 10 years, and only recently started to try and transfer those skills
0: and knowledge to uh, Lightning Network games. How did you first find Bitcoin and Lightning?
1: I first found Bitcoin in about 2011. I can't even remember how I heard about it. It must have been on a website or news article or something. I just downloaded Bitcoin Core and just tried it and got some Bitcoin from a faucet or something. <laughs> but I didn't really know what the hell was going on, to be honest, at that time. I didn't understand anything about money or why Bitcoin was needed. I just was interested. I kept jumping in and out of Bitcoin every year or two years. Whenever the price went up, I'd hear about it again and I would be like, oh, what's- Let's learn a little bit more, a little bit more. So I did some mining in around 2013, just basically followed it a bit more closely, especially when the Bitcoin games started coming out, the original wave of Bitcoin games, just seeing what people were doing, because that was relevant to my industry. But it wasn't until the Lightning Network came to fruition and some technologies on top of that, such as LNURL, making it much easier to put this technology in the game. So that's when I jumped in to try out Lightning Network in a game and see how how well it worked and how much friction there was and how easy it is to use. Because over the past sort of 10 years I've been following Bitcoin. I've always felt it's just too hard to use or oh, there's too many barriers or there's just too many steps to go through just to send a payment. You know, it's not like a one click thing. But Lightning Network's getting to that point where you can just tap a button and cash out of an application or service or pay someone. So I think it's a good time to experiment.
0: I want to hit on that last point that you made there because I made that point to some people. The way that I say it, just to be clear, is, hey, the Lightning Network has a pretty decent UX compared to Bitcoin. And most of the people tend to laugh and say, well, the entire UX of the Lightning Network is a pain in the ass. I have to set up channels, I have to do this, I have to do that. I think what your point is and what my point is when I make this point is, once you get past all that stuff, once you establish your channels, once you get all your stuff backed up and that stuff down, or maybe even using a custodial wallet you can overcome those things and then the experience is amazing and with LNURL, URL as you were saying but do you think that there's a good answer to the person that objects and says that the entire UX needs a lot of work before you can say this part of the UX is a lot better than Bitcoin
1: I agree with you I think the UX of lightning is way better the reason is because you don't have to worry about fees and also the payments are instant so from just a conceptual level, it's just way better. You don't have to wait the 10 minutes for the confirmation, most of the fees I'm paying for my game are zero because I've set up my channels in an efficient way. If you look at it from the top level, that makes the user experience of Bitcoin much easier. The fact that payments are instant and there's barely any, if not zero fees. Then what you're talking about is setting up the channels and that stuff is more complicated, but that stuff can be extracted away by different wallets and apps doing automatic channel setup for you, or like you said, using a custodial wallet. So those problems can be solved and they're pretty much in transition of being solved now, then all you're left with is just a great user experience because number one, payments are instant, and number two, the fees are gone. So... All of the problems with the user experience at the moment are ones that if you're trying to set up your own non-custodial Bitcoin Lightning network wallet and node from scratch, yes, that's a complicated process. All of those things can be hidden. I think the people who think that the user experience is worse are people who don't understand that these problems are very nearly solved. Once they are solved, it's just gonna be so easy to use. The next wave of people being onboarded to Bitcoin will be via
0: Lightning. I would definitely agree with your last point that Lightning is going to be the new hotness for most of the newbies coming in. That's where most of the applications, I think, are going to be really built. I think that's even true now in the last couple of years. Most of the interesting things that have been happening have been happening on Lightning and not really on Bitcoin itself. Do you think that trend is only going to increase as time goes on?
1: Yeah, I think what will happen is people who see that the Lightning Network user experience is actually better will create Lightning Network first companies where the payments and withdrawals, like in the Bitcoin gaming, where Lightning Network is the first choice of payment method. Once Bitcoin takes off again, the easiest way to use it and to get some will be via Lightning. the easiest way to give someone like five cents just to try it. I think the next wave of adoption will be through Lightning and then all the companies that bet on Lightning Network with their payment methods and infrastructure will be the ones that everyone gravitates to and all the people who haven't used Lightning or set it up at least as an additional method in their application will be caught left behind. You'll have to catch up and implement it.
0: I'm aware of some Bitcoiners out there that are not into Lightning as much as you and I might be, they call it hype. Before we jump back into Bitcoin Bounce here, do you think that there's any good reasons to be skeptical of the Lightning Network?
1: Yeah, there are good reasons. There's the technical side of things where there's always the arguments that if the fees go above what you've got in your channel, you're going to be in trouble and that kind of thing. That sort of stuff I'm not too hot on. So I think the people do have good arguments there, but it's not something to worry about right now. And I'm not, to be honest, I'm not 100% sure how those can be solved. That is something that like, on the technical side, people still need to work on. The other thing that I'm skeptical about is everything being built on top of Lightning. I've tried some of the messaging apps and stuff and they're pretty cool. I don't know if you've tried them, Juggernaut and Sphinx and that's really cool and they work quite well but I've been a little bit skeptical about building things via the lightning network so like applications that run on the lightning network I feel like they should have their own network but I'm happy to try these things I don't know I'm not an expert on networking and hopefully they'll work out I think the only thing I get worried about is people get very excited about the lightning network and rightly so it's awesome but you have to take lessons from what people did in ethereum for example and the hype everyone gets carried away and they try and do stuff that's too complicated for the network the network isn't really designed for that kind of thing can run away with yourself and build stuff that maybe shouldn't be on the Lightning network and maybe from being completely skeptical the Lightning network should just be purely payments nothing built on top of it at all you just plug it into your application as a payment method you don't have tokens on it or chat apps or messaging on it you know i don't want to sound too negative there but that's just me putting my like devil's advocate hat
0: on Definitely. I think Giacomo might be kind of upset with his RGB project there.
1: I do like that project. I follow that one. I'll just be like, if you had to be skeptical, those are the things I'd be skeptical of. But I'm not skeptical about anything. I'm happy to try everything.
0: I agree with you there that even in Bitcoin, without even going to Ethereum, that there is a lot of hype in crypto in Bitcoin in Lightning. And one of the bigger parts of this show is to focus on the skepticism piece as often as possible. Asking Rusty Russell, why is Lightning bullshit is a great way to get some answers from the people that work on this full time. I don't know how often on other podcasts where it tends to be mainly hype focused. I just don't see the skepticism as much. when I'm trying to think of other podcasts and I just don't think it comes up as often. I could be wrong, but I just don't think it happens as often.
1: I think the skepticism is what's needed. Otherwise, people won't get the brilliant idea in their head and they just run with it and they just waste lots of resources on something that if you were more skeptical, you might have a different perspective on it and not proceed but it's still early i haven't seen anyone who's running getting carried away yet we're not there yet <laughs> yeah and i was given loads of money to just do random stuff i'm not too skeptical on ending the project yet because everyone's trying to build something that is actually a viable business and that's actually going to work long
0: term so is that a big difference there, that all these Ethereum projects have their consensus funding and then all these Bitcoin and Lightning projects pretty much skin to their teeth?
1: With my project, it's very much no investment or apart from my time. That means that when you have no investment, you get a razor sharp focus on where the traction is in the genre or product you're making. You almost get like a scent for blood, like a wolf trying to find what direction you need to go because you're literally trying your hardest to make a product that people are going to like and that you can make money from. Personally, if I got massive investment, I would have to make sure that. I was still had the same razor-sharp focus. Otherwise, you just end up tinkering and experimenting. You can waste a lot of other people's money. I've never had investment before. Maybe that's just part of the the process that when people invest in stuff, there's a certain degree of trial and error. But the Lightning Network projects that I know of are very focused because they're trying to prove their concept works. Because if you can't create your own currency and your own money out of thin air, then it's a lot harder.
0: I think the people with the most amount of money in the space, the most amount of funding, are pretty much Blockstream and Lightning Labs. I can't think of almost anyone else that has any funding whatsoever.
1: I think Zebedee, they're in the games sector, they've got funding, and Fold, they had funding.
0: Oh, true, true.
1: Yeah, there's a few. The ones that you've heard of probably have had funding, because anyone with a team of three plus has probably had funding, I'd imagine.
0: Yeah, that's very true. Let's go ahead and take a step back, start talking about Bitcoin bounce here a little bit more in earnest. How did that end up actually coming into focus?
1: Last year, there was the Lightning Network conference. I actually met you there. We met at Renee's Lightning Network workshop, and you gave me one of your Lion Junkie stickers, which I've got on my guitar case. Nice. <laughs> uh, yes, good good stick of that. Basically, I've been following Bitcoin for about eight or nine years. I was getting really interested in Lightning and seeing its applications in gaming. I decided to go to the Lightning Network Conference in Germany to basically network and find people who I could bounce ideas off of. I didn't want to just turn up with no product to show or project I was working on. But I put together a couple of weeks before this Bitcoin bounce game, which was... Just a simpler version of how it is now for the listeners who don't know what the game is. You bounce along the blockchain with a little character. And the further you go along the blockchain, the more points you get and the higher in the leaderboard you are. And the original version, I didn't have a leaderboard or points, but on the blockchain, there were little Satoshi coins so every Satoshi coin you collected, you could then cash out via Lightning. It didn't have LNURL or anything like that in it. It just was you pasted your Lightning invoice into the game and you could cash out. That's how Bitcoin bout started. I basically went to the Lightning conference and showed a few people the game and people were like interested, like, oh, this cool concept. I met some other game developers there. Constantine from Donner Lab, the guys from Satoshi Games and the Zebedee team. Got a few ideas from those, bounced some ideas around. After the conference, I just started coming up with a roadmap because I've got so much experience in the App Store and Google Play, trying to roadmap out some idea, some concepts of how I could onboard people to Lightning via gaming and then how I would monetize that process so that I could make a business out of the next wave of people that I believe will be adopting Bitcoin via the Lightning Network.
0: I think that's a very smart pathway to go. That's kind of the way that I'm going, but obviously in a very different path there. Okay, so you have this game, you're getting ready for Berlin, getting ready for the Lightning Conference. How did people like the game at the Lightning Conference?
1: They quite enjoyed it. Yeah. So I set up a little stand there as well. I made like a little ad hoc stand on the final day just to show people in a bit more of a demonstration setup. generally the, the feedback was quite good and yeah just loads of people gave me ideas some people came up to me and said they wanted to advertise in the game I knew I was getting a bit of traction with it it was all good
0: as I recall, at least in the newer version of the game, you use vouchers versus just giving straight stats to everyone. Is that right? Yes.
1: Yeah, so it works with URL. How the game works is you bounce along the blockchain in this game and there's tickets. It's like a virtual currency, like a traditional game virtual currency. You collect these tickets and each ticket gets submitted into like a raffle or lottery so the more tickets you collect the more chance you've got of winning the lottery in the game every day lottery is drawn and there's about 500 different prizes you can win from there's one that's like the jackpot so everyone's trying to collect as many tickets as they can to win the jackpot prize but if you don't win that there's lots of other prizes basically everyone wins at the moment even if it's just 10 sats if you can win something and cash it out and the way that it gets cashed out is via lnurl so Effectively, it is like a voucher. In the game, when you win a prize, you click the claim button, and it redirects you to one of your Lightning wallets on your iPhone or Android phone. That wallet on the phone will use the LNURL voucher
0: to withdraw the Satoshis from my node. Absolutely. Did you do this lottery approach in order to help scale up the prizes, basically?
1: The lottery approach was a culmination of things. Because on the app stores, there's all different rules about how you can win money and do competitive gaming on there. One of the reasons I've made it a lottery is because then there's just a chance. There's not really any too much skill involved, which kind of ticks the box of one of the app stores rules. That's kind of a bit of a gray area because I think I might have read the rules too literally. I'm not sure I needed to do that exactly. Another reason I've done it, which is the main reason, is for bots because games... On anyone else's computer or phone or web browser, as soon as they're downloaded, they're effectively hackable, like anyone can hack it. You can hack it by doing RAM attacks where you can change values in in the game, such as your score, or you can install bot software that plays the game automatically. One of the big problems in games is obviously people hacking it or using bots to get top scores. I didn't want to give prizes away in a competition format, which was based on skill because I was sure that bots would definitely mainly win all the time which wouldn't be a very good user experience for everyone else playing who just wants to try and get some bitcoin via lightning and try it out i basically did the lottery approach because then it almost means that bots have a lot less chance of winning the main prizes if they're bots at all playing they have a lot less chance of winning and it's normally someone who isn't a bot who will win because there's so many more players playing than bots it makes it a lot fairer and it just means the bot problem is not so serious
0: this makes me wonder on the different lightning games out there maybe bitcoin bounty hunt as a quick example of a game that might suffer from that bot issue a bit more i actually never thought about that i've been playing PUBG lately and games like that where there are bots in the game where people run their own computer and have people do things to just get higher rank or whatever i don't care about that world too much do you think there is a similar concern in the obviously it is since you've went to this lottery do you think it's a similar concern in these other games out there?
1: I didn't even consider a different format of competition because I just already knew the bots was going to be a massive problem. As soon as you put Lightning Network and Bitcoin, it's just effectively frictionless money. As soon as you can easily put money in the game, it's just everyone's going to try and crack it and hack it. So for the shooting games like Bitcoin Bounty Hunt, I know they haven't had a problem yet but there are bots that you can install on Fortnite and things that all do auto aiming and probably more sophisticated bots than that there will be bots probably on the first person shooting games maybe not quite so serious as they are on like hyper casual mobile games which are more predictable for example bitcoin bounce is a very predictable one button control like you just tap the screen to bounce the character that's very easy to create a bot for whereas a shooting game is not quite so simple but it's still a problem that exists also have the issue of when someone installs the game on their pc they'll be able to change values or attack the game depending on the style of game it will affect the leaderboards for example but the good thing about Bitcoin Bounty Hunt and probably Light Knight as well is because they're a multiplayer game, a lot of the action happens on the server. So it's in a secure environment. It's not so easy to cheat the game. Whereas in Bitcoin banks, my game, it's easier to cheat the game because the game logic is calculated on the phone rather than on a server. Games that have their logic and maybe physics on a server will be less hackable. They do have that advantage. But there's always going to be bots no matter what you do. It's just a question of making them less obvious to the existing game players so that it doesn't ruin the experience for anyone
0: got it the first thing that i'm thinking of is let's add bitcoin let's add lightning to this game now this game is suddenly a honeypot for people that want to find a way to hack the game and make a bunch of money off of it let's move past that a little bit here maybe ask a kind of broad question do you play any of the other lightning games out there or are you mainly keeping your head down and getting your own game out there
1: yeah i play play them all try them all i play bitcoin bounty hunt i was one of the first to try the original tests of that they did some alpha tests in in january that was cool i've also bought light night so i've got light night i've got four liquid token asset like a gun and you know all those things it's got the skin so i've tried that game out as well the demo world you can run around in which is really cool zebedee have got some games that they've created the i don't know if you've seen the reiki game which is kind of like tekken that was created by Mandelduck duck on twitter they've got a few other casual games that are part of the mint gox and obviously i've tried the original satoshi games website I play, i've played them all not really to see what they were doing just to just to play you know just to play and support the projects
0: would you say that any of the games in the lightning gaming space are really ready for prime time, quote unquote?
1: One thing about Bitcoin Bounce is I did have a publisher interested in it. This was like a publisher who would spend a hundred thousand dollars a day on advertising. That said to me that Bitcoin Bounce is ready for their prime time. But we ran into so many snags with the traditional app stores and advertising, user acquisition channels, and monetization methods that kind of frowned upon the Bitcoin being in the game, although the game is actually ready to scale up. It's not possible to scale it because you can't buy enough ads. Basically, because the advertising companies wouldn't let us promote it. I think that's a problem. Bitcoin Bounty Hunt looks pretty good. If they said that was the release version, I would accept that as the production quality game. I think they're just working on having a few more servers and things. The lag issues around the world are not so much and more people can join the game. But that's the main problem with the Bitcoin games that have money in them. It's not really that they've got Bitcoin in it's the, problem. it's the problem is if you can win money or there's some kind of real money system in the game, then all the traditional ad. Advertiser networks you would use to scale the game up won't let you advertise it. That's the big bottleneck coming up on the horizon. I'm not sure about how the line going because I'm not really on the inner circle of that, but it looks like it's progressing well. It looks like a great visually really, really good. As soon as they've got the one-player mode working, I'd accept that as a finished game as well. I think by the end of this year, there's going to be production-quality games finished. It's just on the horizon that the bottleneck is finding user acquisition channels via advertising that will let you advertise a game with kind of gambling but not gambling <laughs> in it. How do you get around that? I've been experimenting with alternative advertising networks. There are some Bitcoin friendly advertising networks that use the Bitcoin first. Bitmedia, they've been pretty good. But the problem is when you buy advertisements, you want to get it in the places where it's got decent traffic. Any ads you put in the crypto marketplace tend to not have great traffic. The quality of the traffic isn't good, so they won't convert very well. It's kind of a difficult problem to get around. Hopefully, there'll be some kind of viralness to the next wave of user adoption. It will help and it will change the opinions of these ad networks because they just go where the money is really. And if the money is there, they'll accept it. It's in their interest to work out the legalities of it to get the money in. I think it will change over time.
0: So maybe it would take another Bitcoin bull run to 50,000 or something in order to get them to take it more seriously at this point?
1: Yeah, I think so. I have got some user acquisition channels I've worked on in the traditional advertising networks, but I had to do a lot of face-to-face networking to explain the game and concepts. There are ways you can do it but you've just got less choice. Hopefully the choice will increase as the next wave of Bitcoin adoption
0: happens. We touched on the idea that the next wave of adoption would happen over lightning. Do you think that will be primarily because the Bitcoin base chain will be too congested, too many fees, or will it be just around the UX stuff that we were talking about before?
1: I think it will be just the UX because the user experience is great. The thing is, I've put it in Bitcoin Bounce because I think the user experience is good if someone wants to win some free bitcoin they don't want to buy it they just want to see what everyone's talking about and try it all the ways to be able to get a little bit of bitcoin are going to be via the lightning network because that's going to be the only way you can send people tiny amounts of bitcoin cheaply everyone who's adopting bitcoin or trying it out or just wants to get free a little bit are going to use lightning network enabled apps because that's the only way that they're going to get it it will just feed into itself and i think that's why the user adoption will happen that way
0: I would probably agree with you because I think there's how many of these sets back app now we have fold we have bit refill we have some others that are doing that as well don't yell at me for not remembering your names com is a good one
1: in europe i use that one
0: leon i believe i need to talk to him people are telling me i think Get gf told me that i need to interview leon leon i still need to do that so don't be afraid to reach out to me anyway those stats back things and it seems all the big gaming things seems to be sending around being able to earn sats without needing to have bitcoin or stats to begin with Yeah,
1: it's like a cashback for gaming there's cashback for gift cards cashback for purchasing shops now that we've got cashback for gaming we is basically what
0: I'm doing. I feel like that does almost seem like an intuitive next step for a lot of the mainstream games out there. I have talked about this on pretty much all of the lightning gaming shows that I've had on here. It seems like the next step is essentially almost all games having a money component in there to keep that esports thing going. The example that I would give my previous guests was something like someone in Bangladesh is able to spin up a Bitcoin bounce, for example, and is able to earn some kind of income just from playing games do you think that's going to become much more of a common thing going forward i do think that
1: that's something i'm trying to avoid in bitcoin bounce i don't want it to be something where you're trying to play as a job basically it kind of is being used like that but i don't think that's a good way forward the way forward is someone earning money from a game because they are really good at the game and they could say they could join some other clan, you know, Fortnite or type game or whatever. So they're like a gun for hire. Someone in Bangladesh gets really good at the game and they can just join other teams and they could get paid for their services in these games. That will be a good way to get paid for playing games. Not through the tipping idea or the sats back. That's just kind of a something fun and big competitions and people can win, but it won't be the way that you, you want to earn get money from games. It will be adding content to games. So adding your service for hire or if you could make content for a game. So like if Bitcoin Bounty Hunt that has skins, so if they enabled users to create their own skins and sell their own skins, then some artist from somewhere could make skins and sell them on the game and just accept the cash. Cash via Bitcoin. That would be the way I think people should earn money, not through continuous grinding just to get the tiny, tiny tip amounts of sats.
0: I think that's an interesting point there. If you're able to make an income in your local area, that is way more than you could working a regular job. Would that just be a practical thing to do?
1: Do you mean in the example where you're just playing the game to grind the game? Basically. Something in Bitcoin Balance I've done is like, but the game is only available really in Europe and North America and Some parts of Asia, because I haven't actually enabled it in those other countries where that could happen. Number one, because I'm trying to keep the quality of the advertising traffic higher than it would be because people who are just going to grind the game and just collect sacks are not going to really interact with the advertisements and they're going to be in countries where advertisers are not interested in advertising anyway, they're going to exist. But as a game developer, you don't have to release your game in those countries if you want to avoid them. I'd like to have my games in those countries, but I'm so spread thinly. It's like another problem I don't want to deal with. <laughs> it's not a vital thing for me to work on at the moment.
0: That makes a lot of sense. I guess maybe where I'm coming from is much more of an abstract examination of the idea and not specifically saying, hey, let's take Bitcoin balance and drop it somewhere and see if people make money. You're
1: right, though. That is are actual... There is a use case for Bitcoin that makes Revive the line Network, which is only possible because of that, which is people can earn money on these games, like in your example, where they could earn money in the game that they make more money than if they worked a job in their local village. So it does siphon value from richer countries into these local villages. It gives them a, almost a new industry and a way to earn money that's frictionless.
0: Yeah, and because my hypothetical was a free and open source game of some sort. I don't know how good that game would be but something like that it's a game that just has lightning in it and anyone throughout the entire world can download it sort of thing and just make money playing it very basic example very probably unlikely example in the short term it feels like to me in the longer term that will become a much more of a normal thing to happen
1: I think maybe in the short term it will be these sat back games like the one I'm doing or tipping games. Basically, I think the term's been coined the lightning faucet game. Maybe that'll be the way that it gets adopted in those countries first where they're just grinding games or or just playing games to win the tips in the game or the the achievements or the prizes. But then I think it will evolve into services. So like by being able to sell your skills as a gamer because they will get way more money if a really good... Formula One driving simulator gamer from some village in Africa. I don't know how they'd afford the software, the games console to play it, but if they were really good at that game, they would make more money than if they were just playing the tipping game. So they would all start getting more skilled at these other games where they could sell their services in the game or sell assets for the games. And, and you see that in websites like Fiverr, where you can pay $5 and someone will make you a logo for your website. There will probably be something like that, where there'll be gamers who can join your team and They'll play for like one hour on your team for a 5 but they'll make your team invincible. You'll get like these mercenaries, I think, earning way more money in one hour than they would playing Bitcoin Bounce all day long.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Essentially what it sounds like you're saying is that the economies of these things will just get a lot more complicated and a lot more complex and just built on top of each other, essentially.
1: Yeah, it will evolve as well because these economies will evolve as the games get the technology to enable these kind of interactions between players. So the first wave is Bitcoin Bounce, Bitcoin Bounce, Bitcoin Bounty Hunt, any of the social Games things, they all just give you a little tip for playing, basically. Or It's kind of based on skill or tournament or luck or something. But that's because that's the kind of technology we've got right now. And then when people can trade items or you can make your own items and trade them between each other, maybe that's what Giacomo's RGB token could be used for is trading tokens between each other. Then once that technology is in more games, then you'll get people making stuff and selling them between each other to use in-game. So someone in America might pay someone to make them a custom skin for their Fortnite character or something. The guy who makes it could be from the Philippines and he'll get $10, which will be like, I don't know, a month's wages for that guy. And then as the games get more serious, there'll be service for hire type situations as well. They'll just evolve.
0: Moving to the next thing here, what do you think the future of Lightning Gaming is here, just from our current vantage point?
1: Kind of what we just described there, actually, the near future is adoption of Lightning, getting more people onboarded onto Lightning via gaming. That's a pretty cool use case. And that's something that is kind of like the first step. And I think a lot of people, their first interaction with Bitcoin will be via a game. So when the next wave of Lightning Bitcoin adoption happens, it'll be via these games. Then I think there'll be the esports. That's the next easiest type of gaming infrastructure to implement is this esports idea of having competitions on a weekly basis or events on like New Year's Day or on holiday or back holidays any kind of prize draw that kind of thing which is kind of what that would probably come hand in hand with next wave of adoption hopefully because that really adds value to a game it's not just adding a tournament with money for the sake of it it makes the game much more compelling if there's prize money involved in these leaderboards because it's already fun to play a game and when there's a leaderboard it makes it even more fun and then when you can win money by being the top of the leaderboard it just adds an extra kind of spice to it which is really good and then the next levels are basically creating economies in these games the idea of players being able to add value to the game and make the game better by providing content like the skins, then getting paid for that work, it would just make more new industries spring up around gaming as well. It's just because the money payment for these skins and services created by players will just be frictionless, so you don't need to have any accounts or anything like that to transact. That's never really been possible
0: before. One big change I'm sure that you've seen the last four months or so with the lovely virus that we're dealing with right now is the giant move of a lot of Bitcoiners and a lot of other people to VR. We have Udi's reckless VR thing that's doing something right now, actually. That's gotten very popular just because a lot of people are staying at home a lot, et cetera, et cetera. Do you think that VR and Bitcoin and Lightning are a good match there?
1: The problem with VR and uh, mixing with Lightning is VR is like really quite niche. I don't know many people who have a VR headset. Combining it with lightning is like super high risk strategy for any game developer. But it could certainly be integrated into those things it would definitely be interesting because the type of gaming experience in VR is kind of new. Adding payments and things, and that could be quite cool. Because people can meet, and it's not real life, but it feels like you're talking to someone real. It might bring back the people wagering against each other because just more casual of, uh, gambling or something. Because you just feel like you can almost give each other the money in person, which could be a quite cool thing to do with Bitcoin. But I'm quite bullish on uh, games out in real life because, I don't know about you, but I was like really bullish on VR at the start of lockdown i was like oh this is awesome this is a great idea but then as lockdown progressed i was like i literally can't wait to do anything but computers, I just want to go outside and play real games and real sports and there could be a bit more of the games that are in the real world, Pokemon Go type games or sports games that are related to health and fitness apps, competitions on these cycling apps. So if you get into cycling, you have the leaderboards on there They like who's done your route, who's done the fastest route and then Bitcoin and Lightning could be integrated in those apps in the same way it's being integrated in Bitcoin Bounce. You could have people cycling and whoever cycles the most gets more chance of winning the jackpot at the end of the week which is in bitcoin via lightning it's got a lot of applications vr is definitely one it's kind of niche right now but it's definitely been adopted by bitcoiners which is perfect for bitcoin games industry
0: at the very beginning of your response there, you were saying that it's a niche of a niche and I'm looking around and I'm seeing three VR headsets and I'm like, I'm into lightning, I'm into VR, I have to be a super nerd here, but yeah.
1: VR is still quite expensive. I think it's going to take a couple of years. There's not too many games either and there's meeting areas that Bitcoiners are using for the meetups, but tech for that is still new because like with I mean, Gox, there's a limit of how many people can enter the VR world as
0: well. That's true. I think Altspace VR is actually a pretty old company by VR standards. I think they came out in 2015, because I remember one of my first VR headsets, I was trying at Altspace VR, there's no one in there. So it wasn't all that great. But now there's a lot of people in there. And it's very different. It's like, wow, people actually use this thing now. But you had mentioned Mitt Gox. And I definitely want to hit that before we run out of time. Do you want to briefly tell the listeners what that is? It was
1: originally conceived by a group of people, mainly Simon the CEO of Zebedee. They're the guys who make Bitcoin payments for games. So if you want to based basically what I've done in Bitcoin bank, so if you want to put that in your game, you can use their SDK. They were trying to think of something to do. I don't want to put words in their mouth, but Simon was thinking of trying to do something fun for lockdown because we would had loads of plans for presentations and demos of the different Bitcoin games we'd all been working on at the conferences that were happening in the US and around the world. Especially Zebedee, their big demonstrations of their Reiki game, which is the Tekken-style beat-em-up game. So they were really keen to show off their esports stuff they were working on. I got involved with that and helping them just organized some of the tournaments with some of the third-party game developers. So we've had a few Bitcoin bounce competitions and last month was Bitcoin Bounty Hunt. They had a tournament of who's the, the top shooter in that first-person shooting game. It's kind of an experimental project where we're experimenting with ways that people consume esports and ways that users can break down the fourth wall of esports, i.e. viewers of the esports event can interact with a game that's happening. One of the ideas that Chris from Zebedee had with Reiki, the Tekken game, is that viewers can watch the game being fought by two players and they can pay to drop in power-ups that those players could then collect and they would help them in the game. It's kind of an interaction between the audience and the people playing the game. There's a lot of experimental things that Zebedee are doing on that front. In the next Mint Gox, which is Mint Gox 4, there's going to be hopefully a new game with a new building on that concept of the audience being able to interact with the people playing the game. But It's quite interesting to go to that event and see the ideas that Zebedee have had with this breaking down of the fourth wall and using Bitcoin via Lightning as the payment method. But then there's also, we're trying to do some presentations, anything to do with Bitcoin gaming. It can be general lightning topics as well that's quite interesting the talks are held in the vr or space world so people can network afterwards like i said earlier it feels like you're talking to a real person even though it's a little bit weird at first you do get a bit more of a sense of the person when you can see their little hands moving around in the vr world so that's fun and it's just fun being in the vr world and watching the presentations in in there because it's a bit more engaging when you watch it in vr than when you watch it on a live stream on youtube that's an elevator pitch there
0: of what mincox is (laughs) one One thing I wanted to comment on is that feeling that you mentioned there at the end in VR. I hung into the any of the mint gox events to be honest. I did go to one of the reckless VR events and I got this weird sense of social anxiety that I get whenever I go to a real conference in real life. Same happens to me. I was very surprised, honestly, because I've been into VR for a while. I was very used to the idea of in VR, I'm fine. I'm I'm good. I'm very relaxed. I'm at home. No one can touch me. But when I got in there, I'm freezing like, wait a minute, I'm not supposed to be freezing in VR. i
1: got the same feeling. You get the feeling of when you go into a conference and you're completely on your own, you know no one. It's not a friendly face, you just know nobody. So you have to just go hi and say hello to someone if you go to the Mingox one there's a lot of friendly faces in there i'd say christian from zeppity is very very kind of friendly guy very welcoming he shows everyone around he's built the all space vr world himself so the newest version of Mingox, the Altspace, space is completely custom if you go to the next one he'll take you on a guided tour i'm sure
0: Nice. So just to throw it out there that Lightning Junkies is sponsoring the next one, Mint Gox 4, just transparency and all that. I'm going to try my best to actually make it to this one. I just got another VR headset yesterday. I got an Oculus Quest finally. I was using my TV1, the first Oculus Rift that came out. Just to spend a minute here talking about that. I find using the full Oculus Rift headset to be the biggest pain in the ass. That's pretty much why I have not been going into VR because having to set up the sensors and and having to set up the guardian space and all that it just wasn't fun i have not been doing the vr thing but it seems like the oculus quest is going to be a lot different i think a lot of other people echo with me on that even Udi himself i think said that he wouldn't even be doing the reckless vr project if he had to use a wired vr headset like that
1: i've got the oculus quest and i, I would agree with those sentiments that you can just put it on your head like putting on sunglasses and it turns itself
0: on <laughs> it's really good Do you think that VR and even to some extent, lightning, I know I'm kind of really stretching this analogy here, but do you think that it's until it's as easy as putting on glasses, people are largely going to avoid VR and are largely going to avoid lightning?
1: One thing about VR is it's going to be like the the old mobile phone in the 80s where everyone had in the 90s these huge bricks. And you saw someone with these brick of a phone and you just thought, oh, you completely look like a complete idiot. And that's what people look like now, don't they, with the VR on their, on their head. It just looks ridiculous. You know, Even though I've got one, it just looks completely stupid. They will come up with some kind of they, you know, whoever they are, will come up with something better, you know. They will like send images directly into your retina via a infrared ray or something and they won't need these big things on the top of your head so maybe the vr thing needs a new iteration of technology which just makes it like you said just like putting on glasses almost like much lighter and you don't
0: look really silly the cost thing is big issue as well I think the price part has definitely been broached at least a little bit because when I first started I had the DK2 that was the second developer kit for the Oculus. I only had a laptop from 2012, so I think this was 2015. I didn't have a very recent laptop and I was trying to do this. I'm getting like 30 frames a second and it's it's a mess. Then when the Oculus Rift came out, I'm like, "Okay, screw it. I'm going to go build my first computer." And so I built it, cost about $2000, and then I spent I think 300 Hundred and fifty on the Oculus Rift itself. That's a lot of money just to do a very novel thing that I ended up getting bored of in like six months. Obviously, the computer is very useful still, but the headset, you know, kind of wore out its welcome very quickly. As a comparison, the Oculus Quest is $400. So still not super cheap, but very comparable to a video game console and like an Xbox One or a PS4. I think that's only going to increase. Oculus released their Oculus Go a couple of years ago, which wasn't as popular because it wasn't that powerful compared to the Quest, but it was only $200. I think that one is well-suited for something like Altspace VR or something. I think things are only going to go in that direction. There's always going to be the more high-end ones like Valve, I think are also going to have a lot of the cheaper ones and they're going to be getting better and better, higher frame rate better field of vision and stuff like that. I want to take it back to Bitcoin and Lightning here for a second. We've talked about where the adoption of Bitcoin and Lightning are headed. Now, let's step outside of gaming here for a moment. Where do you think the most surprising place that Lightning and Bitcoin is going to take us, if you were to guess?
1: I don't actually think it's going to change a lot. Everything will evolve like the way you consume media on the internet will evolve like videos or whatever you can do. I was going to go down the line of saying you could pay as you play on a video. So if you only watched half of it, you would only pay for half of it. That's kind of like an evolution. And I think the most surprising thing that could happen is because people will start running their own nodes and having their own hardware in their home to run their blockchain and run Lightning on top of it. Then there'll be different types of apps that have their own networks, like peer-to-peer messaging apps that don't run on Lightning. But because everyone has got the hardware, all it needed was the hardware, and now these new networks can start springing up. So. You could get social media apps on these hardware devices. You wouldn't get censored. The internet could change back to a more decentralized model because people would have these tiny little Raspberry Pis. I've got the MyNode that I experiment with. If I could install Mastodon on there and a peer-to-peer messaging app, I could have like a self-sovereign social media setup. Now I wouldn't have that because the reason I bought the hardware was for the Lightning Network and they like to set up my Lightning Node for my personal use. But then because I've got that, I can then, with a click of a button, install other networks for different types of applications. So maybe that's the most surprising thing will happen. And then Lightning could be incorporated into those networks as a payment method. But maybe that's what the Lightning Network will enable. That will be surprising is that more people have hardware to create these tiny little networks that can build up into a new social network that's decentralized that doesn't require a blockchain because everyone's got the hardware for it.
0: I really like your thought process.
1: That was just off the top of my head kind of thing. (laughs) I'm sure there's loads of holes in that.
0: I mean, maybe, but I like the general concept because I think that's probably not too far off from where we're headed. Our social media landscape looks like a hot, fiery mess. I can't imagine everyone staying on Twitter in 10 years. I imagine decentralized social networks getting far more popular. I don't know if, if that's a good thing or a bad thing in some sense, but because I feel like people are creating their bubbles and then those bubbles are launched into space and they never get to touch any other bubble again. And that's maybe not... Great for people turned into extremists on whatever topic it is. I definitely see the positives in there, and if we were to bring it back to current day for the moment, I'm running my node as well. I love my node by the way. I think one of the parts of it that I'm really enamored with at the moment one is RTL, right? The Lightning, because they just put in a loop in and loop out on their newest version. I'm absolutely loving that when it comes to maintaining my own Lightning routing node. I just wish BTC Pay server would update there. RTL.
1: I'm in the same boat with you, actually, on the B2C pace server. I can't wait for that to get all the latest stuff
0: just to keep going with that point there besides that the other piece of software on there that I'm really liking is LND Hub which is from the guys at Blue Wallet which I keep forgetting to message them but I really like LD Hub because it's basically an account management service the idea is that I could have my friends that aren't into bitcoin or aren't into lightning be able to just get Blue Wallet or other wallets out there I think Zeus just added this capability as well to be able to essentially send Bitcoin to me, but the account management system does its thing. So they have a lightning balance on their side. They don't need to worry about channels. They don't need to worry about any of that. I handle that on the back end for them. There's some trust there. I essentially can help my friends with their Bitcoin and lightning stuff. And I feel like that's huge because I have a lot of friends that perhaps could enjoy lightning, could get real use out of it. But when I try to explain, okay, you need to open a channel. You need to do this you need to do that their brain turns off their face turns into this blank stare and i'm like okay i have to shut up now i'm sorry i think it's a huge win on that end maybe my question is how do people like us who are so far down the rabbit hole that we sound like insane people to normal people how do we get them to understand the usefulness and how do we get them to actually be on boarded it sounds like your answer might be to play this game what are some other ways to get people into our world here
1: one thing is this back websites. Bitcoin's a little bit of an addictive drug. You need to give someone a taste of it first, just so they can experience it. Then they fall down the rabbit hole on their own. Once someone has a taste of it, there's no going back, basically. You just need to get it up in people's hands and then they can experience it. And I like the back thing. It's cool. I've actually onboarded someone to Lightning with Stacking.com. They bought a laptop and I said the Stacking.com link and they used the special link and they bought their laptop and then they got three. 300,000 Satoshis in cashback. So I think that's a good way to get people to try it with these cashback websites. Cashbacks got the most traction. They're getting something for nothing. They might as well try it. Fold is a great example of an easy app that someone can use to buy their Amazon gift cards or whatever and get some cashback in the form of Bitcoin.
0: Fold basically was the inspiration for me starting the show. I saw that there was a real use case for Lightning, that, hey, I could try to onboard my friends this way. Still hasn't worked exactly. I feel like this entire podcast, all of them that I've done, have been a case study on how to onboard newbies onto Lightning. That's all the biggest market.
1: I don't know how many people in the whole world have used Lightning Network, maybe like, I'm guessing 20,000, 50,000 people or something. There's billions of people in the world. so. That's a good market to go for is onboarding people to Lightning.
0: There's a lot of advantages to me personally if I were to onboard more people to Lightning, so I think it's a pragmatic thing to some extent. I also see the advantages to them because I see the advantages for myself. I see the idea of getting my friends using Fold, save 4% off your Amazon purchase, Just seems easy. I think it's a lot better than the previous examples of things out there that could do that, like Purse or something. Purse had a lot of issues, I think. I'm not happy that they're going out of business or have gone out of business. I think that the fraud potential there was just too high. And that's where a lot of those 20% discounts came from. The fold way is obviously less of a discount, but I think it's a lot more sustainable. And I think that business is going to grow and be bigger, just in my estimation. Fold was a previous sponsor, just to throw that out there. If someone wants to say that I'm shilling or something, feel free. I think I'm being honest right now. I think that they're a very good example of a very solid company that's doing it right. They're bribing people a little bit. There's some downsides to that, I think. Just trying to explore this world myself, and I've just seen that people want free money. I'm that type of person too. Maybe not so much currently but when I was younger and I didn't have a job and I was bored I was going to go game a system and see how I could make some free money really easily with some of these surveys or whatever if I could break them and just get free money out of it that's what I see with a lot of people and these Bitcoin things, we've touched on it before let's just game the system and get some free Bitcoin out of it because that's the easy thing to do.
1: That's basically the problem with putting Bitcoin in games is people are just going to try and game the system, I have people trying to hack the game all the time. Fraud on the Satsback websites will be a thing as well because people could buy a product with a stolen credit card like on Nike, get the sats back, and then the credit card gets fraud charge back on it, but the sats have already been sent. There's a lot of fraud that can happen. There are a lot of problems with it. I think it's just the nature of the market. The people are trying to make money by onboarding people, and there's not really a lot of other options yet. Like if I made a game that people could buy and sell skins to each other, there wouldn't be enough people buying and selling the skins to have an effect on the business. It's still too early to jump too far down the road with some of these technological advances we need. I agree with you, there is downsides to the SATs back model. It's not easy money, but it's easy money if you're the user, not if you're the company, because you've got fraud, you've got hackers, you've got cheats, you've got people just grinding in the game or whatever. There's loads of problems. <laughs>
0: I work at a crypto exchange, so I'm sure you can imagine how much fraud they have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. Yesterday, I saw someone with a fake ID that had Edward Snowden's photo in it. People will try anything and everything in order to bypass systems. And it's honestly fascinating because it's something that I like to do. It's not always an evil intent. It's just, I want to see how this works. I want to play this game and I see if I can win the game of hacking the game, basically. I don't begrudge them on some level because that's what I would do if I had more time and the inclination. We're reaching the end of the show here. Do you have any other final comments on the Lightning Network, on the Bitcoin bounds, on Mint Gox that you want to throw out there?
1: In terms of the Lightning Network, just got to remember, even though it's been around a while, it's still early in terms of people don't understand how easy it is to use yet. We just need to show more people how easy this thing is to use. It's not as complicated as people say on Twitter. We need to be proactive and demonstrating more. Because I see a lot of people on twitter who just have written it off because they think it's too hard and it's just not the case anymore they're like in lightning if you haven't kept up to date in the past two weeks you're basically 10 years behind it's moving so fast Midbox is going to be a thing once a month. The fourth one's coming up, I think it's the 5th of July. That's going to be a regular thing. We're trying to get new games each time, but the old games that we've featured in the past will still be there. Hopefully it'll be a good place to go if you want to see the new ideas, people are trying with games. So if you're interested in games in general, it's a good project to follow because you don't have to have VR to be involved. There's a live stream of the event and there's Discord groups and you can join to try and join the tournaments. In terms of Thunder Games and Bitcoin Bounce, we're working on some new games in the future that are going to come out in the next couple of months. And they'll be featured on Mintgox as well. There's a lot of cool stuff happening in the game space and it's a really exciting use case for the Lightning Network because it can touch on both sides of the system. That is people winning money through tournaments and cashback type services, but also payments. So people buying products and services in the games as well. There's a lot of exciting stuff happening in gaming.
0: I just want to briefly respond to the first thing that you said about the Lightning Network and onboarding. Do you think it's just a matter of saying, hey, download the the Phoenix wallet? And while there's some trust in there, that's a pretty good example of where the experience is headed? There is some trust in
1: there. One of the issues with those sort of products is if there is a bug in the wallet to get your money back, you've got to get in touch with the wallet developers and work out what the problem was. That is definitely the way it's headed. And the Phoenix wallet, it's such a good example of great user experience in a non-custodial wallet. I honestly think you can say stuff to someone, hey, just download this wallet, but they need something to use the wallet with. I've seen some people on Twitter do little competitions. Vlad da Costa did something where he was playing guitar and he had to guess what the song was he was playing and he would send you money if you could guess. Just fun little games on Twitter people are doing to give people some sacks and you just got to point them to the, whatever the best wallet is at the time or your favorite wallet that you think they like. There's different wallets of different levels of trust. So depending on the person you're recommending your wallet to, you can offer them a full custodial wallet all the way down to one that's completely non-custodial and you connect it to your own node. Just about knowing the person you're recommending products to is important as well. more people just need to try it it's really good I've done like nearly 50,000 payments this year. And I'm one guy, and I have a games developer who works with me as well. If there was a problem making payments on the Lightning Network, I'm this one guy, I would have so many customer support problems, but I don't have nearly any. Maybe a couple a week or something where the payment isn't going through and there's a problem. People saying the payments are not working or it's not reliable, it's just completely out of date. I have no problems. People just need to try it and see what I see, I think. I think what you see as well. And everyone listening to your podcast knows
0: this. Well, everyone that listens to this podcast should know that the Lightning Network is obviously vaporware because we never use it. So, you know, hey.
1: I've used it way more in the past six months. I've used Bitcoin 50,000 payments this year and then in the past eight years I've done like three or four hundred. It completely unleashed a new use case for my business. I could do way more payments than that if I wanted it. It's just the format of competition that I've set up is once per day. But if I did a competition once per hour in my game multiply that number by 24 I could do so many more payments it's just I don't. There you go. You could do them every minute if you wanted to. Oh that would be a bit too much. Yeah, there's literally no limit.
0: I think we're going to go ahead and close out the show. Do you want to? You cap us off with how people can find you on Twitter and all the other places on the internet? If
1: you want to follow my games company, which is doing Bitcoin Lightning games, that's on Twitter. And that's Thunder Games, which is spelled T H N D R G A M E S you can follow me at Jack Everett as well. If you go to the Twitter page, you can find all the links to other social media and our website.
0: Perfect. I really appreciate you joining me on the Lightning Junkies podcast, Jack. Thanks very much. We'll see you next time. Boom. That was the 32nd episode of the Lightning Junkies podcast. Did you like that episode? Did you learn anything? Were you inspired? I'm definitely looking forward to Mint Gox 4. That's coming up on July 5th. Definitely check out them on MintGox.com. I'm not going to waste too much time here at the end. Other than to say, I'll see you on the Lightning Network.